This is the Go Radio Football Show. Hosted by Rob McLean and Craig Moore. Almost caught me out there. That came around really quickly. Uh, Rangers have announced what sounds like a significant signing. 27-year-old midfielder John Lundstrom has played for the last couple of seasons in the English Premier League with Sheffield United. He was out of contract. So, Craig Moore, does that sound like a good bit of business to you? Yeah, I I think it is. You know, looking at at Rangers, uh, they've got a pretty steady squad. Um, So a free transfer is always good business. uh, But also a player that... You know, comes off the back of um, promotion with Sheffield United to get to the Premiership. Obviously, the the disappointment of uh, you know relegation, but has that that experience. Uh, and look, I think he'll come in and be a really good squad player for for Rangers. Whether or not he goes in as a as a starting position, Rob, at uh, time will tell because you've still got probably the the lingering doubts uh, over over whether Kamara will continue to to be at Rangers come next season. Yep. Again, he was involved in the Euros and. Uh, the the fitness and, and health of, of Ryan Jack obviously we know how important he is for Rangers hopefully he returns back to full fitness Celtic understood to be closing in on a three and a half million pounds deal to sign former Hearts fullback Aaron Hickey from Italian club Bologna Chris Ayer seems certain to be leaving Celtic with Norwich now believed to be upping their offer to 12 million pounds and on the uh, in the rumour machine, Hibs in Scotland striker Kevin Nisbet hasn't been far away from it for the last couple of weeks. He's linked with Celtic, of course, but he's now linked with a couple of Russian clubs too, uh, Spartak Moscow and Krasnodar. So we'll be um, working our way through a lot of uh, those uh, transfer rumours, the transfer gossip that's going on at the moment. Some of it, of course, will come to reality uh, and some of it will never get out of the gossip <laughs> category, to be perfectly honest with you. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about Ange Postacoglu and uh, his early days as the Celtic gaffer. And we're obviously, uh, because we have to really contractually, <laughs> we're going to speak about Euro 2020. I'm getting increasingly worried about it, Craig, mm. um, because England are two games away from winning yeah and, and obviously for us never ever hearing the end of it um, exactly you know but they're, they're on a very good run aren't they Rob I mean they haven't conceded a goal no. um, they've looked we're, uh, the, we're the only team they haven't beaten <laughs> yeah yeah I mean um, look without being flashy uh, although the, the last game was was very convincing wasn't it yeah um, against Ukraine but they just they, they seem to have a lot of depth I mean Gareth Southgate has, has made some really really big calls in terms of um, you know the players that he's brought in for certain games, but so far he's he's nailed every single selection. Yeah. Um, a tough game against Denmark, obviously in the semi-final, because we've got this whole whole story. Um, you know, from day one with Christian Eriksen, and um, you know the, those shocking scenes that we've seen. Thankfully, his his health is on the mend and all that sort of stuff. But how that's galvanised mm. Denmark as well, so they can be a dangerous opponent because they're playing for so much more. Yeah. I'm I'm really impressed with Gareth Southgate. I must say. I mean, and with with you know, we joke about it all the time. It, it's not a hatred thing at all. It's not an anti-English yeah. thing at all. It's just a, it's a rivalry. It's a deep-seated and ancient rivalry, and uh, and, that, and that's why we 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 talk about these things. But I must say that that I I admire so many England players. We're gonna we're gonna maybe pick our yeah. our, our team of the tournament so far uh, over the course of the next hour. Uh, and also Gareth Southgate is somebody that every difficult subject that th- that's thrown at him, he handles it so well. And I think that's where he's been uh, fantastic because I think, you know, being the, the, the manager of England comes with huge pressure, uh, you know, because it's it's daily and, 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 you know, normally it's 
Um, it's quite savage, isn't it? Because they, they haven't been as successful as what people would like to see. And the media then obviously uh, go to town. Um, but Gareth Southgate, like I said, the way that he handles himself, he's always very calm and very measured. Um, and the thing that I also like, like you said, no topic is 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 off no. off limits. He speaks about um, not only the game, he speaks about um, you know the current um, you know situations that we're having, the, the the struggles, whether it be through the you know the social media, um, you know the the players taking the knee, um, but also he's allowing Rob his players to also speak about these kind of um, subjects. So, you know, that for me says a lot about the manager and the trust that he has with with the playing group, you know, that they're confident to be able to allow their players to go and express themselves. Yeah. And that's what people, I think, love to... Because these these players, they are role models and people will stand up and, and listen. So I think it is poor, important that they're able to speak. And, and so far, the, the messages that have come out of that uh, squad have, have been very good. I think that's a really good point because I think that that takes the tension out of the situation. That even on a, a thorny subject and a, a controversial issue, uh, the fact that um, he's confident enough in the players yeah. to let them handle just about anything that that gives them a feeling of confidence. And and because sometimes when you bottle things up and keep things indoors, that does create a tension. Yeah, it, it does, and. Um... You know the best kind of relationships are, are built on trust, uh, and he seems to he seems to have that with this this playing group. Of course, as uh, you know, every player wants to be involved and being that starting eleven every single game. He's juggled that starting eleven, um, but at the same time, you know, when you have that trust of the squad, uh, players will be disappointed, but they still go about their business in the right manner. So, so they're not moping about the next training session. They're still up upbeat. They're still trying their hardest to, to continue to put pressure on that particular player to maybe get that position to make sure that they're ready. Sancho come in the other night after not having any involvement and, and, and he's lively. It, it just seems like at the moment he's got a, a really um, well-oiled uh, squad um, that there's a lot of depth. You know, even Harry Maguire coming in after missing the, the first couple of games, he's come in and really sort of like steadied England defensively. But... In football, any, anything can happen, like it says, and, and I think he's also mindful of that. You, you hear in a lot of his interviews, you know, he's like, well, you know, we've got to take and respect every opponent we play against. We can't look too far ahead. This is a really, really important game. It'll be a tough game. I think from a footballing point of view, I would probably want Italy to win it because I think they're the team that have excited me most yep. in terms of the football they've produced. I think from a, an emotional point of view, I'd probably want Denmark to win just yep. because of the Christian Eriksen thing. Sure. They lost their first two games. It looked as if they weren't going to make it. Mm -hmm. Here they are suddenly in the semi-finals. They're a right good team as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and if not those two, probably Spain. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... Just, just so it's not England. Yeah, I know. I know, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, Spain... Again, Spain have been a, a funny team to, to watch, um, you know, throughout the Euros because very talented, but more a team, Rob. And and probably one thing that has um, let them down so far, although they're in a semi-final, so it's crazy to say, is they've not really been ruthless in front of goal in terms of, uh, you know, an attacker that's just taken those chances uh, and really putting the game to bed and 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 being able to get to the next round um, with a little bit more comfort, yeah? So they've, they've played really well. They've not really taken their opportunities. They've made life a little bit hard for themselves. They've got through in a penalty shootout. Mm. Um, Italy, Italy is, a, is a wonderful story. The great thing about the Italians, Rob, is, is this new brand of football that they're playing. Yeah. Um, it's really attacking football. A, a game when you, you're bringing on the, the substitutes, you know, the Chiesas or these, these kind of players that are uh, Baroli coming, coming on as substitutes, but they're still working very, very hard from the top. 
mm-hmm. in terms of the way that they press. But they haven't gone away from what the Italians have always been very, very good at. You look at Bonucci, you look at Cialini, you look at the desperation and the way that they want to defend. They celebrate a tackle like they've scored a goal. Yeah. yeah. And that for me is is sometimes lost in, in the game today. Yeah. That that desire to really want to defend and stop people scoring. They do. They do have that great combination, as you say. They've got uh, Bonucci and Chiellini. Uh, they've got a great goalkeeper in Donnarumma, yep. and and they've also got that great protection of Jorginho in front of the central defensive two. The fullbacks yep. bomb on, particularly before he was injured. Spinazzola, yeah. and and the rest of them, it's it's just all geared to attack. It's geared to getting forward as quickly as possible, isn't it? And it's it's a really refreshing style of football. Yeah, and and I think so. What you're seeing is you're right. So Spinazzola sometimes has been further forward than, than any player um, in the attacking line. Mm. Um, and, and, and when they're getting the, the, the Italians getting the ball into those wide areas, they've got three, four, five bodies in, in good forward areas, in the box, just outside the box. And even when they lose it, they might lose it. But how quickly they can then regain yeah. possession so much further up the park, which, which then sort of like gives them an opportunity to keep going at a team and, and it's relentless. It really is. And then when you look at players like Insigne, you know, who, who he loves that, that on the left-hand side, loves to come in and, and, you know, feed that one with his right foot. He scored a couple of beautiful goals like that. Mm. But virtually in every game, he's had, he's had one where it's kind of, it's been a marker where it's not kind of went for him early doors, mm. but then he's followed up with a fantastic goal after it within the same game. It's Greg Moore, it's Rob McLean, it's the Go Radio football show on a Monday. And of course, there's big transfer news confirmed today that Rangers uh, have signed John Lundstrom, uh, who's left Sheffield United out of contract there. And he immediately said, Lundstrom, that uh, Steven Gerrard was a big reason for him signing up. He's 27, he's agreed a three-year deal. Uh, out of contract, uh, having made 62 appearances in the top flight in England in the last two seasons. So he's got that sort of experience uh, behind him. He and uh, Steven Gerrard from the same part of Liverpool. Uh, he said, Lundstrom, I spoke with the manager and I was just taken aback by his ambition, vision and drive. Um, just looking at his background, he, he's come up the leagues. He's he's He, he was an Everton player uh, as a academy, kid. Yeah. Didn't really make it there. Um, but on loan at Doncaster, went to Yeovil, Leighton Orient, Blackpool, Scunthorpe United. So yeah. so he, he has worked his way up yeah. to a level where he was a big element of what Sheffield United were succeeding with yeah. when they survived in the English Premier League before going down, obviously. Yeah, and I think it's... Um... It's a, a really nice journey in terms of, uh, you know, his progression. The importance of, you know, when you've maybe been at a premiership club and in the academy, but you've not made your breakthrough, Rob, it's so important then to to go out and get your your senior matches. You know, so you mentioned quite a few clubs there, but he's been out and loan and he's he's got senior football, played at a decent level, then eventually got his move to to Sheffield United. Had the experience of, of playing, you know, through a, a, a league and winning promotion to the premiership. Um successful season in terms of Sheffield United uh, two seasons ago obviously but unbelievable weren't they and then yep. that last season kind of they, they were just um, they, were, they were competitive in a lot of games they just never really got the luck that they'd had the season before where maybe they'd score that goal fans in the stadium lifting you over the line but again he's a, as a free transfer I think it's it's very very good business he, he'll be a player that will come up and I've no doubt um, work his backside off he'll, he'll be competitive within the squad He'd be desperate to get playing. You're coming to Rangers, which is a massive football club. You've got the, the opportunity, hopefully, to play European football. It's a great stage to, to play on. Yeah. I mean, th- there may well be an element of, of gamble about it. I mean, he has been operating at a good level. Some Rangers fans will have seen him play and think, well, 
what is, what's he going to add to that midfield? How's he going to get into that midfield? But yep. as you've said already, there's a question mark about Ryan Jack in terms of injuries. Yep. There's a question mark about Glenn Kamara in terms of Rangers getting him signed up because he played with Finland at mm-hmm. the Euros before they went out. Um, he's got a great international profile. He's he's done well for Rangers. He's played most games domestically yep. and in Europe again. But I guess, I guess so, so you can put all sorts of questions against the, the Lundstrom signing. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it looks like... A, a gamble-free bit of business because there's no fee involved. Yeah, if it's for me, um, it's kind of you know a, a free roll at the dice kind of thing. You know, when you're a, a free transfer, 27 years old, so he's a good age. Um, you know, a three-year contract makes a lot of sense. And, and more importantly, you look at Steven Gerrard in terms of the way that he's he's wanted to recruit and the kind of a, a squad that he's wanted to assemble is two players for every position. Very, very simple. It's back to the days when I was playing under Dick Avocat. Two players for every position. So you look at the two holding positions in, in midfield. You've got Davis, you've got Kamara. Um, Ryan Jack, who we've touched on, um, who, who's obviously had his injury concerns, but hopefully he gets back uh, because he's a, he's a fantastic player. And then uh, Lundstrom comes in. So there's... Yeah, and, and Zungu's one that's off the wage bill, of he's course. Off, he's off the wage bill. So again, it kind of fits what Steven Gerrard has tried to do in terms of making sure he's got a couple of players for every position to be able to compete. The other interesting story that hasn't uh, hasn't come to fruition yet, but but it sounds as if it might be heading in that direction, mm-hmm. is Aaron Hickey to Celtic. Now, that would be interesting because a year ago he was a Hearts player. Presumably Celtic, if they'd put up the right money, would have been able to sign him at that point. There's talk of a potential £3.5 million transfer mm-hmm. uh, from Bologna. But for, before we came on here, you made a really interesting point and uh, an interesting suggestion, which was maybe Celtic could get him on loan initially. Well, first, I didn't really think that Celtic were looking potentially for a left fullback. Uh, you know, you've got Taylor, uh, who, who for me had, had done a really good job. Um, but Diego Laxo has gone, season. hasn't he? Diego Laxo has gone, obviously returned back to, to his parent club. Um, so seeing the kind of the rumours coming out about Aaron Hickey, I mean, there's a couple of things, isn't there? If, if Celtic apparently were, were sniffing about him before he's gone to Italy, they could have signed him. They could have got him cheaper. Um, but I think probably the best option, if this was something that, that Celtic were looking at, would be a loan, a loan option, because then, uh, you know, maybe with a view to at the end of the season, loan option to to buy. Um, because if you're going to now spend, I'm not saying Hickey's a great talent, he's a young lad, he's still uh, learning his craft, uh, and I'm sure he'll do a, a good job, whether it's continuing with Bologna or if he gets a, you know, a move elsewhere. But um, to, to spend three, three and a half million pounds, on such a young kid, I still think at this time um, a loan option would probably be a smarter way of business. The other point about Aaron Hickey is he was at Celtic as a youngster uh, before he actually yeah. signed up uh, full-time terms with Hearts. He yeah. did four years in the Celtic Academy. So that you know it, that would be doubly annoying for them if they, if they go in for him now. Yeah, I mean, he could... Yeah. He could turn out to be a £20 million player and they may end up making a profit on him. So nobody's really yeah. caring at that point. Yeah. But they could have signed him a year ago when he was at Hearts. They could have kept him mm-hmm. when he was in their own academy. So I guess those ones are pretty frustrating if you then sign have to pay a lot of money for somebody down the line when they were basically going to cost you nothing. Well, for the owners, for the fans. Um, you know, Again, Celtic, I, I, I like to think they pride themselves on trying to do good business. Um, and... Good business is normally trying to get in early, um, or you know when you have that player. Look, it's it's not to the to the, to the extent of uh, a Manchester United and Pogba, uh, where, no. where where he goes and then they sign him for uh, an absolute fortune to get him back. I mean, look, this is uh, you know 
in in the the papers at the moment gossip whether or not there's any truth behind it but again I see a lot of sense on a, on a, a loan kind of scenario Rob because again you look at two players for every position we touched on Laxfell obviously mm. leaving the football club Bolongoli we, we kind of we're not sure but we're thinking his future at Celtic might be finished uh, therefore there there is probably room for another left fullback to compete with Taylor available yeah Feel free to join uh, in the football chat. Craig Moore, Rob McLean, you know the number, 0808 17 17 uh, 700. We're talking uh, Aaron Hickey, uh, the potential of Celtic signing him. Chris Iyer, Ryan Christie seemingly on the way out. Kevin Nisbet, uh, could he be a, a potential Celtic signing? One signing that has gone through, John Lundstrom from Sheffield United to Rangers. That's gone through today on a three-year deal. We're talking Euros as well, obviously. Uh, with Italy, Spain, tomorrow, England, Denmark, Wednesday. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Mate, that was fantastic. Did, did, you, did you understand all that? Yes, I got it. I That's got good. it. And hopefully you out and about understood it as well. And we'll keep you up to date with anything that crops up on the travel front. Uh, we'll keep you up to date as well with anything crops up on the football front because that is, that is the main reason, allegedly, that we are here. <laughs> Rob McLean and Craig Moore with you on a Monday on the Go Radio Football Show. It is a reduced hour-long version at the moment. Uh, we just speak a little bit briefer uh, in theory. And uh, we will be returning, of course, as Scottish football gets back to business to our to our version of the show. You're welcome to join us as ever and have a chat with us on 0808 17 17 700. Uh, talking about all the transfer rumours that are swirling about at the moment. Um, and they're not going to get less. They're only going to get more in the coming days and weeks. Rangers today have announced the completion of the signing of 27-year-old midfielder John Lundstrom, ex of Sheffield United. He was out of contract, so it seems like a good bit of business. A couple of years in the English Premier League. And he joins uh, the multi-choices that Steven Gerrard has in that midfield area. One deal that we haven't heard about, and you brought it up pre-show, and it was it's one that's been flagged up to me before as well, Craig, as, as a deal not done, an extension to a deal not done, is Conor Goldson. Yeah, I, I mean, I was asked about it recently, and look, I don't know, uh, Rob, whether, whether they're having some... Uh, discussions already behind the scenes but it, for me it's just a little bit strange isn't it that Connor uh, is is one of those players that he's got a year remaining on his contract and, and he hasn't kind of uh, come to a situation where maybe extended his deal uh, which I found a little bit unusual when you you, you think of the likes of yeah, Tav's re-signed hasn't he Jermaine Defoe mm. uh, McGregor Davis um, so there's been a lot that have uh, re-signed have I missed anybody there in terms of the re I don't think so no Um yeah, so like again, there may be conversations that are being had behind the scenes, but I just find it's a little bit of a strange one because he didn't miss a minute, no, did he? No. He did not miss a beat last season, and he was so important to the success of Rangers last season. So, and that won't have been lost on lots of clubs down south about the impact he's made up here, the consistency, the fact that he he misses very little in the way of games. No, I mean he's he's run last season. Like I says, I mean every club wants to um, to be able to have players that that are durable, that that are on the field. Uh, because you know when you invest in a football player, obviously you need to have that player on the field to get your return. Um, is is Connor running his contract down to then maybe explore opportunities? Look, I don't know. This is this is only speculation. I just I find it a little oh. bit unusual that maybe he hasn't 
or we haven't heard any news about about his future. How are you gauging the Alfredo Morelos chat at the moment? Uh, Porto obviously interested, mm-hmm. but what we never know in these situations, and you'll be very experienced in it, uh, is is the playing of games. I mean, it happens on both sides sometimes. It's, it can yeah. be the player. It could be the agent. Yeah. It could be the club. Uh, Porto clearly uh, know what he's all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alfredo Morelos having faced Rangers in European football in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but obviously there, there's a price that, that Rangers would insist that any interested party would, would have to go to before they would consider letting him go. Yeah, and look, for me, again, from my, my connections and, and people that I speak to in Portugal, Porto thing's not on the table. Right. It's not even on the table. Um, but obviously, we keep hearing about it. Mm. Um, look, I, I would not be surprised if at some stage, uh, you know, a club does come in for uh, Morelos because, you know, he's at, a, he's at a good age now. He Has ca- he got two years? Is it two years left on yeah, his, his but deal? A, but again, yeah, maybe. But again, yeah, because he, re, he, he re-signed did, uh, during the season there, I think, and maybe yeah. extended a little bit. But look, 24, 25-year-old, um, scores goals, uh, has scored goals... Um, you know, the top, top level, not only domestically, but in European football where he had an incredible run and in terms of the goals that he scored. There's always going to be interest. Um, it's just whether or not, again, there's a eventually there becomes a timeline in terms of if the player's going to leave, it needs to be done by this time. Otherwise, we crack on with business and he's here for the season. Yeah. You're in touch with uh, Ange Postacoglu. Um, he's uh, making an impact already. There was uh, there was uh, that uh, mic'd up training video. session yeah. that, that went out on the, the the video coverage of Celtic training, which was uh, unusual. I don't think we've seen a lot of that from Celtic mm-hmm. in recent times. I can't think who the last manager would have been that. that allowed that sort of access. And and maybe he's looking to make a point. Yeah, you know, one of those ones where I don't know whether that was driven, uh, and it may well have been driven by Ange because it's something that I see a lot in terms of in Australia, they, they like to be able to get a look behind the scenes, mm. yeah? You know, like they want to be in dressing rooms, they want to be on the training paddock. It's like it's viewing for the fans, you know, yeah. to be able to generate interest. Um, and, and I, you know, I think that what comes across in, in, in that clip, because I did watch it the whole three or four minutes of it, and it's his energy and, and his, his continual drive of his players. And, um, you know, the ball may be wide out on the left, but just because you're you're sitting in that area on the right-hand side, don't think that you're not involved. Be ready, be on your toes, be ready to go forward. He wants to overwhelm his opponent, Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a big thing about Ange Postecoglou. He wants to play the game at a million miles an hour and he wants to take his opponent out of, out of their comfort zone, right? So teams want to slow it down and they, he doesn't want that. He wants a ball in play. He wants his team going at people. But they lose it. He wants them to win it back within five seconds. He wants them to go again in good areas of the field. That's the type of manager that he he is, and he will not change. Um, and and the players will need to get to to that level. It's it's again them playing with an intensity, a, a purpose, and when you play high speed, still maintaining that quality. How much power? Uh, do you think he wields at Celtic and how much power in with the passage of time will he wield at Celtic? Because obviously he comes in at the time of massive change. Mm-hmm. Scott Brown, the skipper, is gone. Uh, Neil Lennon, long gone. There's still that uh, interim, if you like, coaching set up behind him with John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan yeah. involved. Uh, Peter Lowell is on the way out. Um, I don't think there's a, a head of football operations been been right. hired as yet, so that's effectively a head of recruitment mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, will he be insisting on a on a certain level of power? Would he have done so before he took the job? Before he took the job, I would suggest probably no. Um, not really. 
I think he, he probably thought he's coming into a massive football club um, that's quite well structured. Um, but I think, you know, from from what I'm hearing and, and the discussions that I'm having around about football in general about Celtic is there's, there's a lot of uncertainty in, in terms, you know, Peter Law, who, who um, for 20 years has done an unbelievable job at Celtic Football Club, but virtually done everything. Uh, and now is kind of, you know, when, when you lose that, all of a sudden it's kind of like, okay, well, Whose job's that? Who's doing this? Mm -hmm. Who's doing that? So I think there's a... Um, He's effectively been doing maybe three or four different jobs within and, the club. And some, and some, you know, and, 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 and doing them very, very well. So look, I think that Ange, as he come out, I think, you know, his first interview says he's a builder. He, he he will he will look at that now and he'll he'll see the the opportunity to try and whether the the people are currently there or whether that's as people that he feels as if he can bring into the fold to to build a football club and, and I think that that's his experience it's not Dominic Mackay's experience that's Ange Postecoglou's experience so I think that he will he will help that club so much in terms of the infrastructure that is required um, for then him to go on and do a very very good job for Celtic. How is he with pressure? Because uh, there's undoubtedly there's obvious pressure on at the moment, that, and that pressure stems from lack of time. Um, he, so many question marks. You know, we mentioned Ayer at the top of the show, Chris Ayer, uh, as one of the players who seems to be on the way out, and it's a question of who comes up with the the biggest price. Yeah. Maybe Norwich look look favourites at the moment. Ryan Christie could be heading for Crystal Palace if we believe what we hear. One of your old clubs, of course. Um, and Odson Edouard, there will there will be constant speculation mm. that his time at Celtic is coming to an end as well. But we don't know for sure. No. Um, so. Even just to name those three players mm -hmm. that potentially on the way out, mm -hmm. um, who's on the way in, and there ain't too much time to make up your mind. No, and that's uh, that for me is the biggest challenge for for not only Ange but for Celtic Football Club because getting players in uh, quickly, uh, they're they're now what ten day training camp in Wales in mm -hmm. Cardiff, I believe, um, preparing for an early qualifier on the twenty first. So the squad that he, he currently has is is probably not where, where he wants to be. He still needs players to, to come in. Um, I think everyone knows that, that. You know, they're talking between seven or ten players, I think, uh, that Celtic were looking for. So you're talking five or six starters, potentially. Yeah. Uh, you know, Edward and, and, and the likes and, and Aya, do, do they eventually leave? But is it after this first batch of qualifiers? Mm. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to work through, and um, that's a fluid situation, isn't it? That, that's that's daily. not that's not a manager who knows his starting eleven at this point. No, no nowhere near it. No chance. It's uh, it's a daily. It's a daily scenario. I would imagine for for Ange in terms of what he's still looking to try and negotiate to bring in, and yeah. I believe he'll he'll have a big part in that, which is important. Um, but at the same time, he probably knows that you know there's there's players that. Um, you know, maybe don't want to be at the football club and, and, and an offer or an opportunity for them to leave, which could be good business for Celtic, getting a player off their books to be able to then move on something else. Yeah. And the, the other side of that coin is persuading a player possibly who thinks he does want away, yeah. suddenly works for a few days on the training ground with Ange Postacoglu and he says, wait a minute, I think we could be going somewhere here. Yeah, and, and, and that will be the interesting thing, I, I think, um, you know, the next seven to ten days. Uh, in terms of you know maybe when we start to get the opportunity to speak to players, Rob, uh, in terms of how their their first couple of weeks have been under Ange Postecoglou, and you'll kind of see very clearly whether whether it's something that um, the players are, are really um, enjoying, uh, because the messages will will come out thick and fast, won't they? You know, yeah. and then and you're right. Then maybe he's he's in a position where he's changed the mind of a particular player, yeah. 
that all of a sudden realizes that you know Celtic are a, are a huge club. We had a disappointing season. We can get back to to what we were, and still the the European nights and all those kind of things that are really exciting about being at a at a very big football club. That that will be the aim, and and maybe he can sway one or two to stay. Yeah, I mean, Lee Griffiths has obviously made up his mind already. Celtic have made up their minds in that they've offered him a one-year extension to his contract. And maybe because of all you've told us about Ange and the way he works, maybe uh, Lee Griffiths mm-hmm. is a project for him, in a sense, to, to revitalise him, reinvigorate him, get him doing what he does. And, and if he can do that, mm-hmm. uh, what player he's going to be for Celtic in the coming season? If he can get um, Lee Griffiths Back to what we know Lee Griffiths is all about in terms of his goal-scoring abilities. It's 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 the best in Scotland. It really is. But Ange has given him now an opportunity. Um, it's important for for Lee to understand that that with that opportunity, you go and do the right things, and and you'll be a very influential player at this football club. Uh, and 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 maybe maybe Lee maybe he's not had that. You know, in terms of. This is not only about you. You know, strikers can be very, very selfish. It's, all, it's always about their goals. Said but, a central defender. Yeah, but I, I remember also the way that Ange managed Timmy Cahill. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very, very similar. So if, if if Lee buys into this, you know, he can have a really important role to play, not only for, for himself uh, and, and what he'll achieve at Celtic Football Club, but for other players, mm. for other players. And I think if he can get that, and I tell you what, Celtic have got themselves. We know a very, very good player um, that will that will give huge value throughout the season. What Celtic certainly need, um, they need players all over the pitch. By the looks of it, you would imagine um, they certainly need to sort themselves out uh, defensively. That's for mm-hmm. sure. There was talk about Mario Vuskovic, yep. who's a, a 19-year-old at Hajduk Split. Um, he's been on the the in the gossip columns for mm. for quite a while. Uh, do you see that one happening? I've been quite close to this one. Um, and it's a little bit cold. I mean, I've, se- I've seen it in the media a lot. Um, certainly, certainly hasn't been coming out from, from, from my side or anything like that. But look, Vuskovic is a, is a fantastic player, Mario. Uh, you know, 39 games, obviously, uh, in the Croatian top flight. He's 19-year-old. He's had interest from, from Basel, which he knocked back. He's had interest uh, from Feyenoord. There's a lot of clubs sniffing about. Um, but at this moment in time, I, I don't think it's, it's something that, that Celtic are seriously looking at. Because of his age, I think they're looking for a little bit more experience. Yes, yeah. but does age necessarily equal experience? Because look at look at the Euros. Look at the number of teenagers who yeah. have caught our eye in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't. And again, Ange Postecoglou is, is someone that um, will give any player the opportunity if he believes they have the talent uh, and, and 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 therefore can do well at the football club and within his team and his structure. At the end of the day, when you when you're talking about these kind of players, it comes down to to the the financials and 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 the money and and, and what that looks like. Um, so again, like I says, I don't really know where you know Celtic are in terms of what that framework looks like. Um, but I mean, the, the the figures that were sort of like being floated about for Vuskovic six million is is, is a lot of money for a, a young project. And of course, they've let a certain twenty six year old called Jack Hendry. Uh, move to Ostend. I mean, I think it's not as if they've let him go. I, th- I think when he went on loan, uh, part of that arrangement was that, that the Belgian side, Ostend, would have first option yeah. on him 
at the end of that year. They've yeah. taken up the option. They've signed him, I think, for a million and a half. Yeah. And if the rumours are to be true, he could be moved on very quickly. I think that they were very they were very open about their plan. They were going to just sell him on very quickly, possibly to a Belgian club. But mm-hmm. West Brom have been mentioned in recent times as, as, as well. But that would be, if you're a Celtic fan, that would be really frustrating. If you've seen him develop over the last year, play for Scotland mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. He's 26, so he's got experience on his side. Yep. Celtic need central defenders, but he's not going to be one of them. Well, no, and, and look again. The, this this uh, scenario has has kind of played out so that I think everyone has has been happy with it. You know, so Celtic were obviously happy to to allow Jack to uh, to to crack on and 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 move on with his career. He was very successful, had a great season in Belgium. So they they've got what they wanted. Look, the type of defender that Ange Postecoglou loves and will go for is is someone that um, is quick. Is you know has a, has a presence about them and and most certainly has the ability to defend 1v1. That's so important in the style of play because he's got players bombing on and attacking and, and, and yeah. look at, you know, looking to sort of like really create... So, so it's really what we were talking about, Italy. Italy having those sort of secure players at the back that allow the rest of the team to have freedom. Yeah, and, and slightly different in terms of because you look at the, the Italians, I mean, Bonucci and, and Cialini, they're, they're old heads. They're like mm. but very, very wise and experienced and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and and defend with their lives. Um, but like I says, the, the, the type that Andrew will go, yes, that, that defensive quality he would like to see, but that, that 1v1, so, you know, when you're getting maybe dragged out into channels, um, you've got to have that pace. You, you've got to be able to match people. You've got to be quicker. You've got to be stronger. Um, and at the same time, you've got to be comfortable with the ball. I like to go defensive qualities first, being comfortable on the ball second, because I think if you're not comfortable on the ball, you shouldn't be playing at that level. Interesting stuff. Craig Moore and Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show. The football chat continues after this. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. He says that all the problems that were around earlier seem to be easing now. Traffic clearing after an earlier accident on the M77 northbound at Junction 2, uh, the B762 Barhead Road. Um, on the eight at Castle Street in both directions, it's reopened. Traffic returned to normal. The accident cleared from uh, Glasgow Royal Infirmary to Glasgow Cathedral. And uh, traffic is getting back to normal as well on the M8 eastbound from the M77 to Junction 16. Canal Street, you are up to date on go. And we're trying to keep you up to date on the football front as well, of course. Just only got another 15 minutes to go. An hour of football chart certainly flies, especially uh, when you've got Craig Moore alongside you. And we've been talking about John Lundstrom to Rangers. That's gone through the former Sheffield United midfielder out of contract. So it looks like a good bit of business. And maybe some question marks, as we've been alluding to in the show about the, the likes of Ryan Jack. Injury kept him out of the Euros for Scotland. And maybe there's a, a continuing question mark and maybe Lundstrom would be a similar type of player for Rangers. And of course, Glenn Kamara, uh, we spoke about Conor Goldson, nothing really done in the way of a contract extension so far as far as he's concerned. And I think a lot of the Rangers fans are pretty worried about Kamara. He has been so good for Rangers, hasn't he, since joining from uh, Dundee uh, but I think because he came from Dundee he maybe wasn't on the biggest of, of money at that stage Yeah but you, when you talk about good business um, you know Kamara for Rangers was fantastic business wasn't he I think it what was that 50,000 yeah uh, 
pound sign and fee, uh, which is incredible. Uh, when you look at the quality that Kamada has given uh, to Rangers in terms of his performances, um, and not only that, at international international yeah. level, he, he you know he just he just takes things in his stride. You know, yeah. he kind of doesn't matter who he's playing against, um, whatever the quality, um, he he just seems to find that level. A uh, very consistent player. Um, but again, like I said, there might be a situation, Rob, um, you know, this is kind of the, 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 the time when, you know, there are speculation talk about potential moves and when, when you look at the Rangers squad and the players and you think that Kamada potentially could be one of those players if there were clubs sniffing about looking for a midfielder on the back of a Euros um, without being one of the top, top nations, he's a player that, that springs to mind. Yeah, and you see, whenever you watch him play, be it for Rangers, be it for Finland, at the Euros against some top opposition, you see a player who's been so well-schooled in football. Uh, no great surprise when you find out that he's come through the Arsenal Academy. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing, when you see some of these players um, that maybe haven't kicked on, you know, at Arsenal, for example, Rob, but it's the, it's the education that these mm. players have had, you know. When, they, when they've come through good development systems, they kind of eventually find their place um, and, and they develop at different times, you know. So with Kamara, now, you know, Rangers have experienced the, the benefit um, of that education. And, and that happens as well, you know. Maybe there's other players that have moved from a Rangers or from a Celtic or from a Barcelona and all that sort of stuff where they've had that that real good upbringing. Ajax back in the day and all that sort of stuff. You know, if yeah. you go through the Ajax system, you've got a quality player. You look at the Balkans now, uh, you know, Croatia, Serbia, these kind of countries. You know that if you get a player between 20 and 23 years old that have come from uh, that area, uh, that part of the world, they're well-schooled. Kevin, sorry, I was just going to say Kevin Nisbet is a player who, you know, who's come come at it from a different route. The Hibs striker, the Hibs and Scotland striker, of course, who who dropped down the leagues, mm -hmm. uh, didn't make it at certain clubs, fought back, developed, moved up the leagues again. Eighteen goals for Hibs last season. He's already off the mark with Scotland as well. There, there's been talk of Celtic mm -hmm. uh, as a potential uh, destination for him. Um, there, there's so much noise around him at the moment. It looks you'd be surprised if he doesn't leave Hibs just because they get an offer they can't refuse basically and and mm. uh, Russian interest now allegedly with uh, Spartak Moscow and, and Krasnodar uh, eyeing the situation as well is he do you see him as a potential Celtic player what, what about Rangers Could, would Rangers be interested in Kevin Nesbitt where Alfredo Morelos to move on look again from my experiences back in the day Rangers and Celtic will always take and always look to bring the best players that perform well at your Aberdeen your Hibs your Hearts cherry picking yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you want to call it. Yeah, but <laughs> but, but you know, in a way that, like I said, so the benefit obviously of the selling club, they get the amount of money that they want. But they should get the best in Scotland. They should out, out with those two clubs. They should, and and it's kind of it doesn't happen as much, Rob. It used to happen all the mm. time. You know, I remember my time at Rangers. The amount of players that, that Rangers signed from Hearts, for example, um, you know, uh, Neil McCann's, Alan McLaren's. Um, there was there was more Alan Johnson, yep. Richie. Um, you know, there was, it happened so much back then. But someone like uh, Kevin Nisbet, you know, you talk about having to go down the levels to, to play senior football. I mean, I'm not saying he's Harry Kane, but you look at the, Harry Kane in terms of his earlier career. He had to go out. He had to, to, to play uh, senior football. So he went out on loan. That's what young players need to do. Um, but his season last season, I thought, was fantastic. Yeah. You know, he, he's a player. And to be fair, he had some challenges last season off the field as well. That's right. Uh, it's done, yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, but looks a really, really positive player uh, for a Celtic, for a Rangers. He can step up to that, lab, that level, no problem at all. Around about two or three million pounds is, is probably, I think, fair. 
uh, in terms of the market. If he's talking about going down south, then they'll be chasing more. Let's talk uh, Euro 2020 before we go. Uh, it is Italy, Spain tomorrow night in the first of the semi-finals, and it's England, Denmark on Wednesday. Who have been the players that have caught your eye over the last few weeks? We were talking about this a little bit earlier, and I go come up with a starting eleven. I've got about 19 names now, right? <laughs> but I'll, I'll go through my mm-hmm. kind of lineup, Rob. Uh, I've got Donnarumma in goals. Yeah, I, I think he's been. Unbelievable. He's 22 and he's played 250 odd times for Milan. But what a presence he has yeah. in, in goal. Uh, fantastic. Spinazzola, I've got on the right footed left fullback, who I think has been the player of the tournament. And what a horrible yeah. hard luck story with yeah. his uh, Achilles. Yeah. Terrible. He's, was, been, he's been unbelievable. Ah, uh, like, yeah, no, like, it, frightening the, the, the width and the power that he's given the Italians down that side. Central defenders. I mean, you look at Chiellini, uh, you oh. look at Benucci, being have been incredible. Maguire's come back in for uh, England and done well. And then we've got Simon uh, Kerr, Kerr yeah. uh, as well, who, I tell you what, I mean, talk about football, but what about as a man, how, yeah. how much he what's, stood up day one? What a leader, what a person. Uh, when oh. Christian Eriksen collapsed, uh, he, he and Kasper Schmeichel both came out of that incredibly well didn't yeah they? unbelievable and then I've got Sufal Sufal Kufal yeah. Sufal the, yep. the Czech, modern day fullback you know brilliant defensively mm. gets forward um, you know assists and getting balls into the box yeah he created for uh, Patrick Sheik against Scotland unfortunately it was his cross that uh, yeah. Sheik headed in for the first goal that time yeah yeah, and he ended up getting a few Sheik so I mean Scotland mm. shouldn't be too disappointed um, no. you know because Sheik again Patrick Sheik's in my team here up top yeah. uh, he's been he's been excellent and uh, I guess you also look at how the Czechs and then uh, and the Croatians have done. The Croatians just lost out to Spain. The Czechs made it to the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. England might win the whole darn thing. Yeah, yeah. Those were Scotland's group mates. I bet it goes to, and I think I've said it before on the, on the radio show, the the margins between success and failure, mm. they're, they're really, really small. But Jorginho and Declan Rice I had in the middle of the park. Yeah. Uh, Rob, I, th- I think, you know, they've both been uh, very, very solid, very consistent, um, have been a big part, obviously, in, in both their team's success. Attacking players, Barella, I had. Yeah. Um, I've got Sheik up top. Um, I've got Sterling slash Insigne. Um, again, I say starting eleven. It's not a starting eleven. I've just I've yeah. just rattled off like 13, 14 I th- I names. I think you'd, I think you'd want you'd have if you narrowed it down to eleven. I think you'd probably want both those players in one way or another, wouldn't you? Um, Raheem Sterling has just been Incredible. fantastic for England when yep. when they were struggling to get a goal. He was the guy that came up with it. Yep. Uh, and you've and you've spoken about uh, Insigne already. Uh, just a really exciting, exhilarating sort of player. He's just. Yeah, again, you, you know what he's going to do. You know what he likes to do. Um, you know, he, he's out in the left, but he wants he wants to get on his right foot. He wants to he wants to pass that ball in the in the far corner or deliver that that really telling pass or cross. Um, so it's just about he gets in those pockets. He's really really dangerous. It's hard to mark. Um, but he, he's been excellent. But then there's loads of names that we've not got. You know, Dolberg, Forsberg, Ronaldo, um, Hoiberg. I think has has been decent in the middle of the park. Yeah. De Bruyne was good, uh, although he had his injury issues. But you know, Belgium are, are out now. There's there's been a lot of players I think that have stood up and perfor- performed well at these Euros. Yeah, so Emil Forsberg actually at co- close quarters. I was at Hamden for that Sweden Ukraine game, and uh, he scored his fourth goal of the tournament. 
in the in the course of, of that game. Um, you know, he's terrific. Had they gone further, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it's how far the team goes, isn't it? That that influences your your selection as well. It maybe rules against Cristiano Ronaldo, but I mean, he scored he scored in, in the short time that Portugal were in it. He scored he scored five goals and he equaled the all time international goal scoring record. Yep, incredible. Um, ageless. I mean, he's just one of those ones where the way that he looks after himself, what the game actually means to him, what his country means to him, um, what scoring goals means to him. He's just, for me, he's just, when you look at him, um, he's just a, a, an unbelievable example for any young kid um, in terms of what professionalism in, in a sport looks like. Yeah. That is that is it. Um, so Talk, talking of professionalism in sport, uh, um, what about Chiro Immobile? Uh, and his and his rapid recovery from oh, that injury right. in the penalty box when yeah. when he looked up and, and saw that his team had scored and suddenly joined the celebration, something looked as if he was about to be stretched off. Uh, that was embarrassing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, not not a good look. And this is why at times our game takes a, a lot of stick. And and again in Australia, a, a lot of stick for that because they like the contact sports, the rugby league, the AFL, where people are bashing into each other and all that. And then they see uh, a situation like that where a player's faking injury, uh, looking for something. Uh, and then all of a sudden his, his mate scores a goal and he's he's all of a sudden he's okay up and running without a limp and that's not a good look. Italy against Spain tomorrow night. I've been I've been pleasantly surprised by by the Spanish performance because you looked at the team. You know I don't think that initially there was nobody from Real Madrid mm-hmm. in the lineup at all, which is really strange. And and you tend to think when when Real Madrid and Barcelona aren't dominating that Spanish team then they're a pale shadow maybe of what they were. But they've got a great teamwork thing going. They move the ball around really nicely. Alvaro Morata, uh, you know, doesn't score enough goals, which is, which is a problem for yeah. them. But, but here they are in the last four. Yeah, and, and look, they've got every chance. I mean, you, you touch on in terms of the, the balance of the squad and, and maybe not having those those bigger type players from your Barcelonas and your Real Madrids. Um, but this is probably the 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 most complete team I've seen for a while in terms of what a Spanish team... They, they, mm. There's no real standout star, um, but they just seem a really good team. Uh, and, and at the moment, um, they've found ways to, to, to get you know, through to, to this stage, the, the, the semi-final, which is, which is an amazing achievement, without really firing on all, on all cylinders. They haven't been ruthless in front of goal. Um, they've missed a lot of opportunities. Uh, they did have, obviously, one convincing result. It was a 5-0, I think, the last group, group yeah. match. Um, but apart from that, they've kind of they've they've not really taken their chances, Rob. So this this for me is like a, is a really really tight game. Like mm. says, Spain complete side, but probably just lack that cutting edge in front of goal. The Italians high energy, been a, a joy to watch in attack in defence. Spinazzola will be a huge miss because of what he actually gives them going forward. Also, yeah, I take it Emerson will play that position for them, but but he's not not the same player at all. No, and then all of a sudden you, you break up a, a partnership with you know like Spinazzola and Insigne in terms mm. of how well they've played together. Yeah. Um, and you know when you when you build those kind of partnerships, then it's hard for a player to come in in such an important game and just hit that that that's mm. you know that that same sort of like form immediately. The partnerships are built over time. Denmark against England. Tell me something. <laughs> tell me something good about Wednesday night. Look. I'm never ever surprised in in football because we know that anything can happen. I think that that if England continue to go about their business in the way that they have done, um, I I think that they they get to the final. I mean, they've not conceded a goal. Harry Kane started off the tournament quiet. Now he's scoring goals. We touched on Raheem Sterling. Their midfield, Declan Rice, Maguire's coming at the back. 
Uh, Pickford hasn't really been tested, but it's looked quite composed and calm. Um, but but Denmark, there's a there's a bigger story there, isn't there? there there's a bigger pull. There's a uh, sometimes um, you know momentum of, of a certain situation can give you you know strength beyond. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think that. This is the biggest test for, for, for England. I think if they beat Denmark, I think they, they win the tournament. Oh, my God. Craig, thanks very much. That's all we have time for. Ending on a really dark note there, to be honest. Um, it's Italy, Spain tomorrow. It's England, Denmark on Wednesday at Euro 2020. That hour has flown by and it will do tomorrow as well. Uh, Stephen Cregan joins me tomorrow live at five. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.